with all access dietetics, we will sometimes say the SW, 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 which is some will, some won't, so what, someone's waiting. And that's really encouraging. Hey everyone, and welcome to Sports RD Snippets. I'm Liz Waluka, a registered dietitian and board certified specialist in sports dietetics. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you a sports dietitian guest that will share advice, insight, and rewards of the profession. Snippets of their own career path to becoming a sports RD. Hey everyone, welcome back to Sports RD Snippets. I'm super excited to have Jenny Westerkamp today on the podcast. Jenny has an incredible journey to becoming an entrepreneur and sports dietitian. Jenny will inspire you to be bold, exude confidence, and go after your sports RD dreams. Jenny talks all about the dietetic internship, how to stand out when applying, and the importance of going the extra mile to get matched. Jenny covers tips for the resume and personal statement, as well as advice for early dietitians in the job search. Jenny Westerkamp is the founder of All Access Dietetics, a company dedicated to supporting the future dietitian community. She launched the company in 2008 when she was a senior in college, and since then, her company and team of dietitians have helped thousands of people become dietitians through dietetic internship admissions coaching, RD exam preparation, and job coaching. Their free resources have been used by over 30,000 future dietitians. In addition to running All Access Dietetics, Jenny is also a professional sports dietitian. She previously worked with the Chicago Blackhawks, Chicago Cubs, and is now in her fourth season as a team nutritionist for the Chicago Bulls. Visit All Access Dietetics to learn more about how they can help you turn your dietitian dreams into reality. Follow them on Instagram too at All Access Dietetics. Let's jump in and let's meet Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Liz. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. How's life in Chicago? Chicago? Well, you know, I get excited when it's above freezing. Right now it's January, so (laughs) the weather's not so good, but things are going well. NBA season kicked off, so that's exciting. NBA season and um, dietetic internship season too. Yes. Well, yes, it's been going on for a while, but yeah, we're really in the thick of it with like a month or month and a week left in the deadline since this recording. And uh, yeah, yeah, there's everything's going on all cylinders right now, which is a lot, but nothing I haven't done before because I've done this many years now. What haven't you done, Jenny? What haven't you done? (laughs) (laughs) I know. I have done a lot. Um, lots of career exploration. That's been like the theme of my my career is just exploring, trying new things, and then seeing what I like and what I don't and keep moving forward with it. Love it. All right. So I like to start these episodes off with how we know each other. So I actually, in 2014, I was shadowing a dietitian, like going into my senior year. It was a summer prior to my senior year. And she was like, Oh, like you're applying to internships. Like I, I believe, did you guys only have a website in 2014 or did you have Instagram? Like what did we do in 2014? Yeah. I don't think we had an Instagram. I think, uh, yeah, I think it was just the website and maybe a Facebook group, maybe. Yes. And I think I did one of your like free coaching calls and I was just like, just, I don't know. I just like, Oh, this seems interesting. 
Um, and then I went to Fency that year and Jenny and I were just talking about this, but I met Jenny at, she ran like a boot camp for like how to apply to dietetic internships and it was super helpful, but it was like in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> It was like Life University. Shout out to Life University for hosting it. But I was right. like, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, actually, someone that worked for me that helped me out. She was a student. Jen Germano was her name, but she went to Life University. So she gave us like the, the hookup to get in there and to use one of the lecture rooms to like have people come in. But yeah, I used to do those live events. They were exhausting, but it was really fun because I did get to meet people like you, Liz, and um, actually have that one-on-one -on -one, like human interaction in person because any other time it was always online TV or like through email. Human interaction back and right. I know. Oh yeah. Don't take that for granted. Um, yeah, because it was a, it's an online business. It always has been. And um, I was like, I really need to meet people in person because this just feels weird, but it was actually kind of exhausting. I remember flying in that day, you know, that morning early flight, giving a six hour boot camp, and then being like, I got to go. Oh my God. <laughs> but it was yeah. fun. It was, good. it was super helpful though. I mean, I feel like that was one of the things I obviously remembered from Fancy because it's stressful. Your senior year of college is like, you know, that's where you got to figure out, like, you know, you don't really know how to do your resume or your cover letter. I'm sorry, your personal statement. Like, it's a lot. It's overwhelming. And right. if anyone's listening, start your freshman year, not your senior year. Right. I switched late. So like, it wasn't half my fault. But like, I just feel like I, why, why did they hold the senior seminar? Like, I guess, or the dietetic internship, like class, like your senior fall. Like, I feel like I needed right. that like junior fall. I agree. I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, it would be way better to do program research and to have a better idea of what programs are looking for your junior year so that you can go and get experience and be more strategic about what you do in your senior year. Because otherwise, it's like everything is too late yeah. at that point. But yeah, it is. I do remind people you have to have compassion for yourself that you've never done anything like this before. You probably didn't get a lot of guidance. You might have been told like what to do, but not how to do it well. So there is a, a huge knowledge gap there that you have to, you know, work, work hard to close and to figure this, everything all out. It's, it's really crazy. And I feel like what you started, I know it's now called All Access Dietetics, but back in the day, All Access Internships, like you really brought that idea to life like, how do you do it? Like, these are the steps. And like, I think everyone needs that. And I'm, we'll get into that in a second. But, but yeah, I mean, I use the resources for my resume and cover letter. And um, this is funny, but like, I obviously didn't match, but this isn't bad PR for Jenny. Like, <laughs> I, I only applied for th three internships and like one accepts like 10 people and like hundreds of people apply to them. But anyways, mm -hmm. like I would have never even gotten an interview at Pepperdine if my resume wasn't on point, if my, if my personal statement wasn't on point. And mm -hmm. so like, anyways, now I laugh too, because my resume is exact same. It's formatted the exact same way it was different information, but, oh, yeah. but yeah, you just don't know how to do those things until like someone helps you do those things. Yeah. Well, two things on that is, yeah, the coaching that you can get in that stage of your, your journey, you can take those same concepts that we teach in how to write a good cover letter or a resume, you know, on in your career. Like it doesn't just stop with the internship. So it's kind of the skills that you need for your whole career. Um, but then the other thing is, it is funny. I, you know, we would always talk to people that use their services and say, what happened? Did you get matched? Why didn't you get matched? Blah, blah, blah. And that, that is one of the reasons why I think it was like, so you were 2014, I think in around 2017 or 18 is when we 
officially did just an all-inclusive get match coaching program that included program choice coaching and director communication okay, coaching and like, so like everything else because yeah, yeah because we did feel like okay personal statement and, and resume are high impact parts of the application but there's so much more to it and um if we really want to impact completely like the chances of, of them getting matched then it has to include all of those things and the the coach has to be a part of those decisions too um so because we would have told you probably to put a backup on your list uh because you know yeah Vanderbilt will be or whatever you want was yeah. really hard too I was like oh Vanderbilt's cool like community like their community because they're a lot of them were very like clinical and so I was like oh Vanderbilt's different but like I don't think you really like understand for some reason that like they only accept 10 people and like how many people would you say apply oh gosh there are over 200 people that will apply like, you have to be like a superstar I'm not saying like you couldn't get in but like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, and, yeah yeah and the, just the idea that you know you're definitely worthy of being an awesome dietitian and you have become a rock star dietitian and you didn't get matched I mean it has nothing to do with right. your abilities you can't it's take it personally. Game. Mm -hmm. oh yeah you can't take it personally no all right, so let's jump in. Can you take us to your career path up until this point where you started and where you are today? Wow, the career path. I feel like I've had a couple of different identities, so it might be best to explain the two identities chronologically, but All Access Internships, it was at the time, now All Access Dietetics. I started that when I was a senior in college. I had just gone through the process of applying and it was like, there needs to be way more support here. So I started that with someone who I had met in a chat room um, in the academy student chat room that they had back in the day. And uh, her name is Katie, is Katie uh, Proctor. She and I started that, um, she was a year behind me. So then I worked on it the summer after I graduated and then we launched it. I was in my, my first month of my internship at Massachusetts General Hospital. So the whole time, my whole career, since that moment, uh, I have been running that, that company and it has evolved, uh, I've had you know, large team of people. And then I would have maybe just like one person helping me for some years. I would fluctuate how much time I spent on it and how much energy I put towards it based on what my other life, <laughs> my other career was, was doing. So it's really fluctuated throughout the years, but I will say um, it, it's grown. It has helped thousands and thousands of future dietitians just this last year. Well, actually three years ago, I made it completely my full-time job. And then I moved everything else to more part-time have a team of four, four people now, 10 plus contractor coaches. Uh, it's really has grown so much. And um, in those three years, I've been able to say, okay, I want to go beyond admissions coaching with dietetic internships. I see so many other needs. So now we offer RD exam prep and um, career coaching and career toolkits. We have like a real world sports nutrition toolkit right now that we partnered with um, Jessica Isaacs. To yes bring to our, our community. And um, yeah, so like that whole time was just grinding it out. No overnight success here, like 12 years in the making, um, really slow growth because I wasn't able to do it full time. It was always kind of my side hustle. And uh, but now it's just it feels awesome. I get excited to work on it every day. And uh, it was really worth the long, the long haul to get there. And uh, that's just kind of my shout out to entrepreneurs like Maybe it could have taken less time if I didn't, you know, didn't have this other career, which I'll talk about right now, but, um, you know, it, it would have taken years, no matter what, even if I only focused on it. So anyways, that's been my journey with All Access. And then my other career was really in sports nutrition and a little bit of like wellness and 
food service uh, as well. So I started with the Chicago Blackhawks dietitian. I was her intern as a student, and then she brought me on as a part-time employee. I helped her with the affiliate team, the Rockford Ice Hogs. So my first team were the Ice Hogs, and their their nickname was the Bacon Buddies, which is so funny. Uh, but anyways, they uh, I spent four seasons with them. It was really an apprenticeship. It was like just soaking up the knowledge of this veteran sports dietitian, Julie Burns, and taking in as much as I could, learning, having that experience with the affiliate team right away. I mean, that was awesome just to dive in. And then from there, um, I decided to um, to move on. I, I wanted to get a full-time job at the time and that wasn't going to be full-time. So I got a job with this company called Kitch Fix, who I still actually uh, work with to this day in a very small role, but um, that's a food service, like a meal delivery company. And they cater for pro sports teams. And they also um, were the in-house chefs and they still are the in-house chefs for the Chicago Cubs. So I was able to still pull in some sports nutrition there, but it was really helping that company start up, use my entrepreneurial skills, did a lot of food marketing and um, nutrition talks to get catering business, like very business entrepreneur. So I really liked that. I did that for three years. And then I decided at that point, I was like, I'm just gonna do all access dietetics. But I got a call from my friend, Don Jackson Blattner, who was the Chicago Cubs sports dietitian at the time, right? Like two months after I left Kitch Fix, she's like, I just talked to the Chicago Cubs management and I pitched them that you would be the one to start their minor league nutrition programs across the country. I was like, what? So she just basically said, yes, you're doing it. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing it. And um, I helped her. We hired five different dietitians. And I think maybe we'll get more into like the specific roles, but I hired um, those five dietitians to run clubhouse nutrition for each of the affiliate teams of the Chicago Cubs. And so I did that for two seasons. In, in the first season, they won the World Series. And I got a World Series ring, which was Amazing. hilarious. <laughs> uh, my brothers, I have five brothers, and they were like, are you kidding me right now? Like, how does this happen to you? Uh, you're not athletic at all. You can't even throw a baseball, and you got a World Series ring. Uh, and then from there, two years spent there. In my second year, I got recruited from the Chicago Bulls to be their team dietitian. So that God, maybe we can go into that after this, but I can tell you the story of how I got that job. But anyways, I started that in 2017, thought I could do both teams, but I still had all access dietetics. So I said, I have to leave the Cubs um, and just focus on the Bulls and, you know, so I can keep all access dietetics going and growing. Uh, and then, yeah, now I'm in my fourth season with the Chicago Bulls. So, but feeling very balanced. And I think like in the midst of the 12 years of my career, I would do speaking. I co-authored a book at one point called Green Foods for Men. It was so random um, and, you know, did other kind of side gigs, worked at a Pilates studio as a nutritionist, like wellness center for six months here and there just to kind of explore. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was very busy, was involved, you know, Chicago Food and Nutrition Network and different nutrition entrepreneurs, DPG, like just all over the place, but it all, worked out and things have settled down for me. I have more balance in my life um, with just all access dietetics and the bulls. What was it like starting all access dietetic or internship at the time? Like, was there like some sort of like doubt that ever crossed your mind or, you know, to look back on, was there any moment that you were like, I don't know if this is going to work or, you know, what, what kind of went on in your head? Yeah. Well, 
first of all, I think I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur before that idea even came about. Like I used to sell scrunchies to my friends in grade school and I loved it. So I knew that that was like a, being a businesswoman was going to be my, my thing, even in the realm of sports, nutrition or nutrition. But um, when we first started, yeah, we had to talk to uh, like DI directors, dietetic internship directors or DPD directors and try to tell them about our business and say, you know, tell your students about it or whatever it was. And they definitely, there was definitely pushback. It was a new idea. They, they didn't like the idea of um, us collecting testimonials about their program. That was, that was kind of a, a ruffling of feathers, I guess, um, thing to do. But you know, they didn't believe that students could do this or that they, they didn't have the knowledge to coach on a personal statement or resume because they weren't professors or whatever. But, you know, just over time, you know, was able to um, get their support and get their trust because we were putting out such valuable information and helping students. But I think my mindset was just, this is new. I know there'll be feedback. Uh, I know there'll be negative feedback, but I'm going to keep going because I know it's valuable to the, um, to the students. It's amazing. What, what has changed about all access now it's dietetics, but what has changed in five, six years since I've kind of left? I know you touched on it a bit, but like what services do you guys offer now that can help not just anyone going through like DI stuff, but now it's like jobs and, you know, and more. Mm -hmm. Right. So we did expand to not just our signature get matched coaching program, um, but also RD exam prep. So I partnered with, I didn't create this, but I partnered with this amazing PhD uh, dietitian, Bailey DeBarmore, and she created this study smarter method, which is a really innovative way to um, approach studying for the RD exam. And, uh, and it also includes all the study guides, like a review guide with it. Uh, we do group review sessions for the RD exam, tutoring, and then we have career coaching and um, those toolkits, like I mentioned, that are sort of, you know, already done for you, handouts or um, lessons or things, kind of like a really a toolkit, literally, to help people launch their careers in different specialties. Right now we have a clinical one, sports nutrition, I'm working on a counseling one, and also um, probably a business one as well. So yeah, it's been really, really good. And we're just going to keep providing things that we think the audience needs. Um, we were hoping to get like a DTR study guide going, um, do some more coaching around the exam and more around the career stuff. So yeah, it's going to be really fun. Yeah. Can you talk about the career coaching? Because I find like that, like applying to jobs and the episode that came out before this, Katie's, we talked a lot about what it's really like to look for your first job. But I mean, I can only imagine how much value that that service must bring to so many early dietitians and in a world with COVID too, I'm sure it's even mm -hmm. more difficult. And like, what do you feel like stands out about like the career coaching or that can help early? Sure. Right. So yeah, especially with COVID and just being an entry-level dietitian, you, you come in with very, very little experience um, and compared to the competition of people that might've been a couple of years in at a different hospital or something, especially for clinical, but any, any area of dietetics. And I think what makes our coaching different um, and even our get hired course that we have is we really focus on networking and making connections and going out 
and finding your job as opposed to looking on a job board and waiting for it to come to you. We kind of teach people how to go out and get it. Uh, and I think well, that- I love Susan's um, LinkedIn post. Shout out Susan. I, yeah, shout out to Susan, who's like our, uh, Susan yeah. Stelty, who's, um, yeah, she's been with the company for a few years now, but she's a, a really great, she's our in-house career coach. Um, she really heads that up. She helped create the Get Hired course and she just, cool. she's obsessed with LinkedIn and knowing how to use that strategically. Um, yeah, so there's, there's so many strategies if you're just bold, confident, you go out, you pitch yourself. And that's really how I got a lot of even the smaller jobs that I've gotten. Um, it's, it's always been about who I knew and you have to go in with that mentality because um, otherwise it is really hard and you can just go to the bottom of a pile and you know, that's it. But when you're creating those relationships and, and doing them like, you know, right away as a student, if you can, if you're listening to this and you're not even at the point of applying, making those relationships right away. Like who I got hired with um, in my first job was someone that I interned with mm. as, as a student. So yeah, I think just having that boldness, the networking skills, being able to give value. I always say like be a go-giver and go give that. value to people. Yeah, and then it'll come back around. And But don't don't be like, I'm gonna do this for you because I hope you get me a job. Right. But you be just a little want, more discreet. <laughs> yeah, be a little more discreet. And just know too, if it's not, them that maybe gives you a job it could be someone they know and they put in a good word or they think of you for that and um yeah that, that's a lot of times how it can work yeah you make a good point about like people waiting to hear back from a job versus you like you know not just waiting but just in general waiting for the job board to post like why don't you reach out to almost the job board like it's it's crazy I, to think like i know for myself like when applying for jobs back in 2017 the better traction I got was when I kept putting myself out there. Like you just got to mm -hmm. keep going. Even if you're like, this job doesn't totally, I don't really know. Like keep doing it because someone's going to mm -hmm. give you some momentum and that momentum creates confidence and yes. that confidence leads to another opportunity. And then the job that you really wanted will like come out of nowhere because you were focused on job 90. I don't know. Like it yes. just, me. but that yeah, momentum is huge mm -hmm. in advocating for yourself and because mm -hmm. no one else is going to advocate for you. Unless Susan's right. on LinkedIn, but. <laughs> right. Well, um, yeah, when I will have sports, uh, like students will call, schedule free coaching calls with me if they're interested in sports. And, you know, if they're like, my dream is to be, uh, gosh, what, like we'll just say an MBA dietitian. And I'm like, well, you should email every NBA dietitian <laughs> and pitch yourself to them if you want to see, you know, to like give value, like go try to be an intern for, an NBA dietitian, and that will build momentum in your experience to where now you'll have that on your resume and then you'll be more likely um, than not to, to get something in that area or like start the minor league level, whatever it is, or like their G league level. But yeah, you just have to go out and get it. Yeah. And like reaching out, it sounds scary for some reason, but it's really not. And I think it's funny because my intern now, like at UConn, I remember she was saying like, I went out on a whim and I emailed you on LinkedIn or sorry, messaged you and, and you responded. And I'm like, like in my mind, I'm like, of course I responded, but I get it. Like some people like actually don't respond, but like, do you imagine if you were to really reach out to so many people, like someone's going to respond. And most of us, Definitely. we've been in your shoes. So like, of course I'm going to answer your LinkedIn message. So it's just funny. Like we're all here and like, we've been where you've been. So like to think like you can actually get what you want if you just like reach out and ask the worst yep. I can say is we don't have anything but you just like sitting at home like sad you mm -hmm. know about the opportunities that aren't there 
isn't going to bring you where you want to be. Exactly. You have to take action and uh, create, yeah, just create opportunities for yourself. I also think um, the angle with which you reach out to these direct or these um, dietitians is important because like I said, with the go giver mentality, you don't just want to say, Hey, can I shadow you? Can I make your life harder <laughs> by, you know, having me around, right? Like that's sort of with a busy dietitian, that's kind of how we're reading it. It's hard to take students, but if you, if the student says, I'd love to help manage your social media or help you with handouts or do literature reviews on the latest sports supplements, like, you know, that then become, then you, the dietitian reads that as value and a win-win situation. And that's where they're more likely to get a response when they can actually show, oh, my life will be better with this student, uh, as opposed to being, you know, just more of my time in some way. That's important. Personalizing your message. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Why exactly? Why do you want to work with me specifically too? And how can you help me? And you know, that sounds, I don't know if that sounds like egotistical or something, but it, that's just how it works. And I think um, in order for that relationship to, to really be a good one, I think there has to be win-win. Yeah, I agree. So with the, not dietetic internship, the applications are due soon for diecasts. Um, mm -hmm. what is your advice for resumes or personal statements? This is going to come out two weeks before the due date. So I guess if you're procrastinating, you're in good. <laughs> yes, you, still because you still have your application. You can make some small changes, but, um, but yeah, any like really just big tips. I mean, I guess, yeah, for the dietetic internship, we'll do that first. And then we can talk about jobs after. Sure. So with the I, th I think the bigger strategy is around the personal statement and just being able to um, to make sure that when you are applying to an internship and when you're writing that personal statement, you want to to align why you're interested in diet in that in dietetics, your experience, your goals, and why that program is a good fit. Those should all align along like the same theme. So, for example, um, I find that personal statements that when I read their first draft, they and those are the questions, by the way, for people that don't know, like those are the questions that they ask you to answer in the personal statement. I find that when students answer them really randomly and they don't connect, the whole statement just doesn't read very well. It reads like you're all over the place. For example, they might say, I got interested in dietetics because my, I was making this up, like my father had cancer and we worked with an oncology dietitian. I got an experience in pediatrics mainly and maybe, you know, community. My goals are in clinical. Your program is Sodexo food service, you know, like, well, they're clinical too, but whatever. It's like a different emphasis, right? So now you just talked about like four different areas of dietetics. Who are you as an applicant, right? Whereas if you had more of a theme, you could say, you know, maybe it is your father that it, it, that's why you got interested, but maybe spend one sentence on that and then go into like why are you interested in a specific specialty? Like, why are you interested in sports nutrition? Talk about that more and what your aha moment was for that. Then talk about your sports nutrition experience as well as any leadership or anything else. Talk about your goals to be a sports dietitian, take them through the trajectory of that and then say why that program is a good fit for you and how it aligns with your goals in sports nutrition. So that's it. That's like the biggest piece of advice. Obviously it's easier said than done to try to construct that and make everything fit and and align well, but 
that's what I feel like is the biggest thing for people. They just need to have that theme. And then they know that they're applying to the right programs because if they program and they're like, well, I don't know why this is a good fit or how this helps me meet my goals, then it might not be worth applying to. And you should find, yeah. find so one that, that does better. It has to flow and make sense throughout the questions that are required for the application. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. And it reads more like a story and it, it gives people a better picture of who you are. Imagine them reading a hundred of these and being able to say like, here's my flavor. Here's my, you know, I, I have similar background experience. You'll see that on the resume, but here's kind of what like my my flavor as an applicant yeah I think too if you're a student like I don't think I thought it was going to take like a short amount of time writing it but like I probably did like I don't know 40 drafts like oh yeah I mean I was like obsessed with going to the writing center I think because I knew like my personal statement was really what I could control almost like mm -hmm. right like it's you're yep. selling yourself and your story and like use your free resources too from like the universities you go to but like yeah like your personal statement, like, don't just say you're, you're hard work, you're a hard worker and you're driven. Like, so is everybody else, but talk about why you're a hard worker. Yes. Why are you driven? Like be a human, but like, you can still speak professionally, but I think people miss out in any type of application on like bringing like the human side of like who you are and how you have value and can make an impact. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's in showing it, not saying it. So show yeah. with an example and start the star method is a very common, you know, I didn't create that FYI. That's just like a standard. I actually think I thought you created that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of known for the star method, but it is, it is just something that's more in like interview techniques, but it works really well in the personal statement to be able to say, you know, leadership, for example, if you're trying to say you're a leader, you can't just write a sentence that says, I've shown my leadership as president of the club and, uh, you know, as a manager at my store. And no, you need to go and say, like, what was the biggest result you had in that club? And how were you a leader in that in creating that result? And tell that story. Yes. What about the resume? I find that's it's like just as difficult as it is easy. Like, I think sometimes we make it harder than it is. And I know Wait, what's your advice on one page or two page? Sorry. Ooh, well, with, with diecasts, two pages is okay. great because you do want to show the abundance of experience that you've had and the well-roundedness that you've had. Um, one piece of advice is just in how you organize the resume. And this is something that goes against what a career center might tell you, but um, we say to do, you know, do the education at the top and then do a section called dietetics experience and put any work or unpaid experience in that section because it's really easy then for the director to see what they want to see. They want to see where you've gotten dietetics experience. A lot of people will do like work experience section and then it'll be worked at a gym, worked with a dietitian, worked at this tutoring center on campus and then their volunteer, it, they have like dietetics mixed into that too. And then your director's going and trying to find you know, all the relevant experience, just make it really easy for them and put it all in one and then separate everything else into a, a different section. But I think that helps and is a pr more appropriate for the internship applications. Okay. For, for the internship applications, how can students stand out or, you know, go that extra mile that a DI director, like what's going to make a student stand out? Well, you said it with the statement everyone's coming in with the same coursework same experience or similar experience and similar GPA right um, so the personal statement definitely is one area and then the other area would be director communication which I'm actually shocked that people 
don't do this, where um, we suggest to our coaching clients to reach out to every director, introduce yourself, say why you're interested in the program, share your resume, ask if they'd be open to, to speaking with you and in like an informational interview. We, we suggest they do all of that and have the director get to know you outside of the application. Now, some directors will say, no, I don't do that and attend the open house. That's totally fine. I think you can still follow up with an, a really thoughtful email after. But um, yeah, I think you can do a lot outside of the application with director communication. And that goes a long way. It shows you're confident and you can make a really great impression in that. Yeah, that's actually really interesting to think like all the virtual houses you can actually go, sorry, the virtual open houses you could do now because of COVID. What's mm -hmm. cool about that, you can like learn more about programs, but think about if you were to go to all of those virtually and then send every director a thank you note and like personalize it, like your chances yes. have to be pretty high compared to the other 50 students that, you know, they didn't even know like you could do that. Right. Like, think yeah. of students, you think like, this is the process, I have to go this path, which like you do to like have to get in, but like you can, there's like other ways to get in. You know. Absolutely. And again, it's human. It's human to human interaction. And if a, a director needs to feel confident in ranking you and you are going to try to do everything you can to make that director feel more confident in choosing you. Um, and so by having a positive communication experience with them, they're only going to be more confident and that that will impact their how they rank you. Because they, with the other ap applicants, it's a risk, right? They don't know how you would interact one on one in a phone call. Right. And so you're now giving them the opportunity to see you do that. And as long as it goes well, of course, you could always <laughs> have that not go well, um, which you just want to sure you know the right director. The, uh, yeah, the <laughs> yeah have a, don't have grammar errors in your emails. And yeah, I mean, that's important, too. Um, you can certainly take a step backwards if you have poor director communication. But at that point, you do need you need to work on that. You should have good communication skills before you start an internship. So anyways, that is, um, I think that's how people can stand out, go above and beyond and really flatter the director that you're that interested in their program. Yeah. Are there any dietetic internships specific for future sports dietitians? Yeah, well, just to do a bigger picture answer on this, I, I like to say that all internships are same cake, different frosting, meaning that they have to meet a lot of those same core competencies uh, in order to be accredited, of course. And then you have the different frosting with a different emphasis, um, with different rotation sites that might be more in sports or have those opportunities. Um, I personally did not go to a sports related one and I still got, got you know into the, the uh, specialty. But for people that do want to have that in, inside their internship, um, I know SCAN from the, the DPG SCAN yeah. has a page on their website that lists every single one. So I just refer people to that. I think they keep it updated nicely, but yeah, that would be where I would go to, to list them. I know I'm thinking like Ohio State, Lipscomb, Florida State. Where, yeah, there's so many, Utah, Florida State. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch, so. And I think yeah. now too, there's, are there, are there so many more distance than there were in 2015? I feel like that must've blown up, right? Yes, that, that has been something that the uh, Ascend and CDR have worked to increase spots by allowing more distance programs to be accredited because they can take larger right. amounts of, of people. Uh, and yes, in many of those programs, I'm thinking of one wellness work days, they do a good job of connecting to pro sports teams for their interns. So yeah, yeah. That, that is happening. But you could do that in any 
internship that allows an elective, you could work that into your, your schedule um, just by doing that. Yeah, no, I find that most interns have like a specialty rotation. Some might be longer than others. So I guess it would depend if, like you said, it's like same cake, different frosting. So <laughs> like you're going to get what you need, but maybe if you like really know sports, hey, I'm going to pick one that has like, I don't know, a 12 week one or a six week one versus like a two week one. Right, exactly. But just remember that's 12 weeks, your whole career, you're going to learn more in your first job than you will in the internship. I would actually, I wouldn't necessarily value the amount of time you spend in the sports rotation. I would value if you made a connection that could lead to a job after the internship. That's where I could see there being value in, in doing like more of a sports related one. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, that makes sense though. Can you talk about your experience with um, the Blackhawks, the Cubs, and the Bulls? What other team in Chicago have you, the Bears, have you not worked with? <laughs> no, I never, got, never got to the Bears. What the heck? No, Jen Gibson's their awesome <laughs> sports dietitian there, but um, the, the Blackhawks, so each role, each team was different in how they had their nutrition program set up and, you know, they're just different teams and leagues in general, but with the Blackhawks, um, my role was really just in assisting the, the Blackhawks dietitian, helping with the, the minor league team. I would do talks. I would sit down one-on-one -on -one individually with them. Um, this was back in 2009. We were, we wow. were doing vitamin D testing um, before it was cool to do. Uh, we were, I was going in and doing, we were doing like mail-in tests. I mean, it, this is a long time ago. Lots of things have changed, but I was like finger pricking players to get their little blood drops to, to send into the lab um, because it was new. And we were like, we just want to do this, try this out kind of thing. But yeah. And then um, yeah, more like one-on-one -on -one individual consulting, I would say was more that job and then assisting Julie with Blackhawks, you know, whether it was like finding personal chefs or creating meal plans or um, helping with supplements and ordering and just kind of maintaining their nutrition program. I was behind the scenes learning about that. And then with the Chicago Cubs, that was really different because I was more in like a management role and more in a program creation role. So figuring out here's the smoothies that we want in our fuel station. Here's the, the shots. Here's the snack list that we want every club to have. It was very high level. And then a lot of leadership and coaching um, to the new dietitians that we hired that I would, you know, mentor them and help them like take ownership of their clubhouse and the nutrition program because they were really alone uh, doing it. And I was virtually coaching and then I was coming in to each clubhouse and, um, and, and uh, like helping them a few times a season. So that was really different, but it was awesome because we were creating something from nothing. There was no other uh, minor league nutrition program that had existed. Now there is, which yeah. is great. Yeah. yeah. But back in 2016, this was, um, I think maybe one other team was doing something similar. So that was really cool. And then the Bulls job is really um, many things, but it's still part-time because the team is small. So there's 15, usually about 15 players. It's very boutique to me um, compared to dealing with you know, a few hundred or a couple hundred like minor league players. Blackhawks were more like, I don't know, between the two teams, like 50 people. But um, with the Bulls, it's like team level stuff. So thinking about team education, sending out tips that come to their phone through our group team messaging system, um, dealing with the food with the chefs uh, at our home facility before games on the road. I'm planning all the menus right now with COVID. I'm 
creating like grab and go options and trying to incorporate incorporate everything and then all their allergies and making sure there's the right amount of options for each thing. So a lot of food service with that right now, this season particularly, and then individual individual work. And what's funny is I don't do a lot of nutrition planning, uh, meal plans, fine tuning. I help them set up their personal chefs, to be honest. And I work with the personal chefs to get the portions right, to get the ingredients um, and everything really sound. I usually find the personal chefs that I know will have that nutrition background and I'll set it up um, with the players. And so it's kind of weird <laughs> because I'm not really doing a whole lot uh, in, in like figuring out what they eat every day or like having them send me their plates because I've planned it all. Like it's all controlled and um, minus maybe a few meals a week where they're getting it on their own. But um, yeah, otherwise the team provides so much and the personal chef will do the rest. So it's kind of weird, but yeah, there's that. And then of course the sports science side, looking at their labs, looking at um, when things come up injury. Uh, I feel like there's more injury or like other medical conditions that might come up um, where nutrition is involved and working with the, the medical team to, to do that um, and, and implementing protocols that I have set up. So. Yeah, that, that feels, that's a little bit more of like everything, whereas the other two jobs were sort of heavy in individual counseling or um, kind of in more management. So you've seen a lot of different like perspectives at the pro level, I feel like, which is pretty cool. It is. It, it's really interesting how different they were and even the culture, the nutrition culture. Um, they're also, not only were they three different leagues, they were three different teams, of course. Right. So even in the NBA, I'm sure culture, nutrition culture is different across different teams as well. So yeah, it's, it's been good to just see where the gaps are, like where you can move a nutrition program forward. And, um, you know, NBA might be a little behind compared to maybe like the NHL, but it's getting there. It keeps moving forward um, with all that. How do you balance like the Chicago Bulls all access writing books? Like how do you kind of have like dabble in the different areas? Well, I don't think I did have balance in a few of those years in my career, to be honest with you. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I feel like um, I remember, you know, at one point, like I'd have a full-time job at Kitch Fix. My book script was due. This was like 2015. I'll never forget the year. It was just like a very hard year of working too much. And um, I remember taking coaching calls. I was still the one mainly coaching clients for all access. And I had one eye, or I had like both eyes closed actually on the calls, just like trying to get through, <laughs> just trying to get through it. But like my eyes were closed. I was in my bed, just like taking calls at nine o'clock at night for the West Coast people, you know, um, and I'm in Chicago Central. So yeah, it was, there was not a lot of balance there, but that was probably a couple of years. And then, like I said, in the last three years, I've been able to take that balance back and feel like I only work, you know, 40 hours a week, 40 to 50, maybe at most and, um, get enough sleep and have a boyfriend and <laughs> have a social life, you know, <laughs> like, um, yeah, I feel like that has come back around, but it, I think now the way I manage my, my time and schedule is just, you know, by the calendar, by the Google calendar, and just having every block of, of time figured out with what I need to do. I love block scheduling and, um, you know, setting up systems that make things more efficient, like just getting in a groove with that, especially with all access. Like we have a lot of systems that make it so much easier whenever like, you know, 
doing things last minute. Like there's always a good process in place. Yeah, exactly. And that, I mean, didn't happen overnight, but in the last couple of years, that's, it's been good. Is there any advice that you have for like when you felt like you couldn't balance something that you would have kind of like done differently? Or do you kind of feel like it's kind of a part of the learning experience in a way? Oh man, such a good question. Yeah, I know. It's like, would I have done it differently? Um, would I, I mean, keep my eyes open on the phone? No. What? <laughs> would I keep oh. my eyes open on the phone call? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it was, it was hard because I, it, a lot of it was financial. So, you know, with all access, it wasn't a full-time salary and that's where I almost like shut it down right in 2015 or 2016 because it just wasn't I was working so hard but it wasn't paying off and it was really because my pricing was off my what I was paying my coaches was off like things were just not right and so you I, almost I shut it down that. for real yeah I almost shut it down before I got my business coach um in 2000 yeah wow. I think it was 2017 16 into 17 but yeah, it was, it was like the model wasn't right. Like I I'm know a lot about business, but at some point you need help. Like you can grow it so far and like, it just did not work with how much time I was putting in and how much money I was making. So that's why I was kind of in this position of like trying to make enough money. And, um, it was kind of hard. I mean, my parents were there to support me. I wasn't like, you know, in dire, dire situations financially, but it, you know, I was in debt. I was, you know, dealing with that and, um, trying to figure out like, how do I get out of this? But, but kind of being in a cycle where I had to keep working enough to like keep making money. So like I said, not good. So would I change it? Yes. I'd probably have gotten a business coach sooner. I would have gotten more help. Um, probably, yeah, probably would have taken a risk sooner to go Mm -hmm. all in on my business. Um, that's so interesting. Yeah, I think that's a good question. I feel like I should think about that more but um yeah I think I would have I think I would have just well I think don't you more like sometimes believe in myself more believed in yourself more mm-hmm. yeah well I think sometimes do you feel like when those times like you almost felt like it was normal to like be on the phone and have your eyes almost closed like you know what I mean because it was just right. what you did and it's cool to think like maybe you didn't know about the business coach until like someone told you about, Oh, like someone could help me. Like, I don't think anyone would think about that until you're like, Oh, that makes sense. But yeah. Well, I, and I don't think you need a business coach, you know, to make, to have success, but I think just something about going all in on yourself. I, I think I was, you know, I knew that I didn't want to work for a company and that that wasn't going, that, that was draining me, even though the job was fun. And like the people I met, like shout out to Kitch Fix, they, it was a blast but it was secretly like draining me because that wasn't my personality type. I was never one to, I'm just so entrepreneurial. Like I had to do my own thing and had to feel like I could grow something. Whereas that role was, was not there. So I think that was part of it too, was that I was just in the wrong job. So everything felt like more draining because of it. So I think that's, that could be a tip for your audience is like, pay attention to how you feel and your energy when you are in a job and it, it might not be the right one for you. Yeah, that's a good point. Like spend time where you're passionate and, and like to think like when you put all your energy in all access, it's like, that's when it finally probably became what you envisioned it to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Now on to the best part. The success principles by Jack Hanfield is the best book ever. <laughs> and I only know about it because in 2015, I was on the all access internships website and it was oh like, read about Jenny. And it was like, Jenny loves this book. And- <laughs> 
I'm so glad I read it when I did, because what an impressionable time, like during your DI, right? Like, yes. before we talk about this, please, everyone go read this book. Like, I don't think people talk about this book. It's the success principles by Jack Canfield. Oh my gosh. He changed, that book changed my life, changed my life. I was given that by Katie Proctor, who, um, what was who I started all access with back in the day. And by the way, she's um, still a coach, but she, she left after two years um, to do PR and she now has her own business. It's awesome. Um, but anyways, Jack Canfield success principles. It is basically like all like there's 65 or maybe 70 principles in the book and you can really pick it up and just read a principle and, and that's it. But I read the whole thing. I remember reading it being like, this is what I've been looking for about how to, I think that's the subtitle is like how to get from where you are to where you want to be. Yes. And just how to take action to reach your goals and to have good relationships and to learn how to sell yourself and like so many things, like it covers a ton of different areas and it, it was so helpful. You're right that it's the timing of that that made a huge difference because it changed the trajectory of how I thought about my career. Um, and it was, it was awesome. And I get a lot of emails from people that say that saw that and were like, this changed my life. You know, it's not like a favorite part or just something you just think about often. Gosh, I mean, the first principle he has is take 100% responsibility for your life. So I think that's a really big one. They probably put it first for a reason. Um, so that's, that's huge. And then I, there's a few like things that'll come up with all access dietetics, we will sometimes say the SW, 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 which is some will, some won't, so what, someone's waiting. And that's really encouraging. Mm -hmm. That's a really encouraging thing. It kind of goes along with sales, but also with your career and the jobs that you get or don't get or the clients you get or don't get. Um, One quick thing about that, and I'll I'll do another principle, is uh, I, with the Bulls job, I did not, I actually applied in 2015 for that. And I had been wanting that job that had been my dream job since I grew up with Jordan in the nineties and everything in Chicago. And, um, they had kind of interviewed me through phone and email. Uh, but then I didn't get it. They chose someone else for, for two years. And then I got the, the Cubs gig. And then I ended up getting another opportunity two years later to uh, get in front of them again and, and pitch myself. And now I had the Cubs experience to, to use for it. So like all worked out, but I did have to remind myself like, it's okay. It didn't work out. So what someone's waiting, another team, another opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So just FYI, it's never a clear, easy line. Like I tried, I failed twice or what someone's waiting. So what? Waiting. Someone's waiting for you to go impact. So true. And like sending out all those applicants, like it's so worth it. Like Mm -hmm. you know, some will, some will but like someone's waiting, like they really mm-hmm. are. And mm-hmm. you know, what, what you want, wants you to, I'm saying exactly that, right. How I said it. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah. It's like your energy just come together and it'll feel right. And I, you know, and, and you'll know for sure. Um, but yeah, I think that was a big one. I'm trying to think if there's one other one. Um, I think uh, there's a quote from the book that's called feedback is the breakfast of champions. And unfortunately, I don't know who that who said it, but um, you know, asking for feedback has been a big part of my career, especially with the business. Asking customers, asking clients, you know, what what we could do better. How can we be? I think he has in the book like, how can I be a, a ten out of ten? And you know, if not, then 
what would make it a 10 out of 10? I love asking that question. And same with an, any job, you could ask that to your boss or to even your clients, your athletes, um, and you, you can get some great answers from that. So, and I like the breakfast of champions because I was a big Wheaties <laughs> girl growing up. <laughs> if, if anyone still knows what that is, <laughs> it's a, yeah, that was the breakfast of champions, but yeah. Um, I like his um, reject rejection. Yes. So mm -hmm. that rejection is actually a myth. And he gives the example of like, say you are applying to Harvard and like that's your dream school and you really want to get into it, right? And so usually like you apply to Harvard and if you don't get in right, you're devastated, my world's over, right? When you actually think about it, you weren't in Harvard before you applied to Harvard, exactly. your life didn't change. Like mm -hmm. nothing actually got worse. And mm -hmm. I've actually used that and it's so true. Like you don't really like your life didn't change. You're just as great as you were before you didn't get the job. You're just as whatever you were. But sometimes we like let rejection, like, I guess, define us. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And I really just loved how he said that because I don't know why. I've just never had such an aha moment of like, oh my God, he's so right. Like you weren't in Harvard before you didn't get into Harvard. Like you never yes. were. Yeah. Like, it didn't change. It sticks with you. And so many things in that book will stick with you, which makes it awesome because it's not all that common that you read a book and you remember things from it years and years later, right? So it's uh, it's pretty big, but we he did speak. Oh, you have it, that's hilarious. <laughs> no, you guys can't see us right now, but like, I mean, I have so many sticky notes with this book right now, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> it really is, and it's timeless and you can go back to it and pick it up in a different time in your career where one principle might just hit you in the right way you're like ready to hear it kind of thing it's it's really good yeah i felt like every page was just like talk like speaking to you like your heart is just like oh my god like this mm -hmm. is happening okay i'm gonna do one more favorite part and then everyone will have to go get it okay. <laughs> um, it's not what you don't know that holds you back it's what you do know that isn't true oh man yes it's so my good mind. because <laughs> the example is like some old guy like wants to run this race in Australia and like, I don't know, he has like these old sneakers on, but then there's all the young kids wearing Nikes and like, there's a strategy to this like four day race and everyone knows the strategy, like sleep on day three because then you have enough energy to get to day four or whatever. But the old man didn't know this like strategy. So he kept running through the night or whatever. He won the race in oh my God. hours. And I just love that because like, think about it, like what, what someone tells you or what knowledge you think is true, like you're holding yourself back sometimes. So mm -hmm. I think being young and naive sometimes isn't always a bad thing. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like I, yeah, the blindness to other people's opinions is wonderful too. And just having your own, telling yourself your own stories um, and not the stories of other people around you is, is really important. I feel like, yeah, anything like don't start a business right out of you know, in college. Well, okay, no, I'm going to. You can't get a job in pro sports right out of school. Well, yeah, actually you can. You can't write a book. You have to be like 10 years in as a dietitian to write a book. Okay, no, you don't. Like, you just have to say no to all the rules that are out there and, um, you know, do what's right for you, what feels good and, and like go for it. There's a lot around the inner narrative. The other book I like is You Are a Badass because that's kind of fun to like get your mindset in a better place and not tell yourself those those lies, you know, things that aren't true um, that hold you back. So amazing. All right. Ready for the rapid fire round? Oh my gosh. Yes. Ready. Favorite Disney movie. Oh my gosh. Oh, I think the little mermaid because part of your world, I sang that as a oh, child. Oh my God. So, have you seen the goofy movie? 
I have. That's fun. Is that a good movie? It is. I like the end, the dance scene. Yes, mm-hmm. it's like um, a musical, I feel like, but I don't know how people know about it, but like, that's my favorite one. That's awesome. <laughs> um, what is your opinion about the Brussels sprouts on the upper left-hand corner of Diecast? Oh my gosh. <laughs> because let me tell you something. I was going to ask you this, which I am asking you this, but I'm laughing yeah. because my intern like asked me to write her a letter of rec. And so she sent me the diecast alert and I was laughing because no, the Brussels sprouts are still there five to six years later. Oh, okay. I'll let you answer first. Before. Diecast. I mean, why would they choose like a polarizing vegetable? First of all, <laughs> like <laughs> I said, so many people don't like, some people do not like that. I think that's hilarious. I have no idea. You know, I I've been wanting to just go meet anyone that works at Diecast just you to get an understanding. I mean, I've talked to them on the phone or like on email, but I just want to to see that office, you know, like I know the address because you send your transcripts there and I'm just like, what is going on? You know, they're so, um, yeah, they do a good job, but there's some- Like some add a slice of pizza, like add just- yeah. like, I know. Like, no, and to think like your your dietetic career should be so exciting and there's Brella sprouts in the corner. <laughs> right, it's so random. <laughs> I know, but you'll never forget that. You'll never forget the image of the diecast dashboard you know it'll just incite all this um emotion when you see it so yeah that's funny um what is the lowest grade you've ever been given and what class was it in love this question I got uh let's see sophomore freshman and sophomore year I was a biology major and I didn't switch into nutrition until like after my sophomore year but I took organic chemistry with all the pre-med people and um yeah I got a Let's see, like on one of the exams, I remember looking at my score and it said 25 and I was like, was it, it was out of 50. I got a 50%. That's like a B plus with the curve. Like, that's amazing. And my friend was like, no, that's out of a hundred. You got a 25%, which is a, which is like a C minus with the curve or, you know, honestly, but yeah, I, um, I ended up getting a C minus in that class and that was my, my true grade was probably a 25 to 30% in that class, but it, that's how it worked. And, um, I, I do remember I got, I studied for the final for like 40 hours. I was like, I'm going to just put in a full work week and try to pass this class. And I developed mumps after because I was so stressed and like some mumps was going around my college campus. And that's what I got after I barely passed orgo. So good times. Um, I got a 33%. And which I feel better about considering you got a 25. <laughs> Mine actually happened to me in fifth grade um, in math. And I remember I was so like sad and embarrassed that I got a 33%. And this has just been on my mind. But I feel like when you're younger or like, like you have an experience where you're like, I must be bad at math because I got a 33%. And like, I kind of laugh because I think to this day, I will tell myself I'm a bad test taker. Oh, but like yeah. I passed the RD exam on the first try. I passed, passed the CSSD on the first time. Like, I'm not a bad test taker, but you just like keep like lessons that aren't true anymore from the past. Yeah. And I just kind of like, where did this come from? It came from my 33% back in the day. Oh, geez. It really sticks with you. Therapy's good for that. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to release those childhood traumas. <laughs> I also got, did really bad in math um, in like second grade. It was, they did a multiplication quiz and it was like one times zero equals and then it would be like zero times four equals. And zero, right? I did that all the way down and it tripped me up. I thought one times zero. I was like, well, then you still have one, one. And then four t- 
times or zero times four. I was like, well, you have zero times zero by four, zero. So like I got to fit like half wrong because I didn't know what I was doing. The point is don't let grades define you, everyone. That's the point of this. Absolutely not. We have a very popular me like Instagram post that's like you can you can get a C in orgo and still become a dietitian. Like it's fine. Yes. Like yeah. no one cares. Like you're I don't think anyone's been like, hey Liz, like amazing team talk. Like, what did you get in biochemistry? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so irrelevant. Like I think everyone does well or like do well, but like I think the real world is um mm-hmm. so much more textbook in a better way, I think. Yeah, definitely. All right, last question. Are you ready? I'm ready. If you could tell your younger RD self one thing, what would you say? Oh man, there is a, hmm. there's a song by Billy Joel that I try to listen to over the years. It's called Vienna. And the first line is like, slow down, you crazy child. <laughs> You're moving too fast. And I remember like trying to remind myself to slow down any timeline that I was going after was made up in my head um, and just realizing like, it's not worth it to, to work so hard and not look up and see the world around you. You know, um, like I said, we talked about in this interview, like the 15, 16 years were kind of that, that big lesson being learned. But yeah, I would just say slow down, take it day by day, especially now we've kind of learned that even more to slow it down and enjoy the present moment. Very cliche, but you know, no, I love it. Dead. I love mm-hmm. it. Slow down and SW, SW, SW. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, amazing. Well, Jenny, thanks so much for being on today. Thanks, Liz. I'm glad to see us reconnect in so many ways. We've already reconnected as sports dietitians, but all from that boot camp at Life University. Thank you. Love Shout that. out to Life University. <laughs> yeah. All right. Have a good one. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on Sports RD Snippets. I hope you found our conversation helpful today. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Share the podcast or tell another Sports RD to be or sports dietitian about it. If you can rate and review the podcast, it really helps the show and is much appreciated. Remember to follow along on Instagram at Sports RD Snippets to see what Sports RD guest is featured each week. I'm super excited to bring on my upcoming guests, so stay tuned. I'm Liz Waluka, and thanks so much for listening.